Hi friends, I'm Katie Brinkley and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. With nearly two decades helping business owners, consultants, and coaches with their digital marketing, I know that social media can be an incredible tool to grow your business when you know how to do it the right way. And that's what we're going to do today. I teach you how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship and digital marketing, and hopefully you'll grow your business with a few great tips you wouldn't have known otherwise, and maybe even discover a great local business you love. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. Now, something that's helped me really grow my business over the past three years is speaking. Taking the stage, having this podcast, guesting on podcasts. And it's no secret uh, for those of you that are regular listeners of the show, I started my career in radio. So taking the microphone felt very natural for me. However, it doesn't feel natural for a lot of people. But public speaking can be a great way to grow your business and to increase your awareness and, and honestly, to build your network. So I brought in Risa Wolf. She is going to give us 45 tips, over 45 tips to eliminate public speaking anxiety and help you boost your confidence. She wrote the book on it. Her book uh, just came out. It's called Mr. Bear Speaks Without Fear. And like I said before, the, the fear of public speaking is a struggle for many people. And it holds a lot of people back from achieving their goals. The anxiety, the self-doubt, all of that can be extremely overwhelming, especially if you're speaking in front of a large group or, or even just if you're speaking in front of a very important group of people. So Risa, she is an international TED Talk trainer, and she is going to help us eliminate the fear of public speaking in today's episode. Risa, thank you so much for being a guest on Rocky Mountain Marketing. Katie, it's a pleasure to be here. You help so many people. I'm really happy to be part of your world. Well, and I'm glad that we were connected. I mean, we've, we were able to meet at a networking event and you and I started talking and I was like, man, I got to get you on the show. <laughs> so just really quickly, you, you help people, you help train people to be TED talk speakers. That's pretty cool. I know that there's a lot of people in, in my world that are like starting to do TEDx presentations that want to be a TEDx or a TED talk speaker, but there's a lot of people that might be. <laughs> A little nervous about that. So how, how did you get into the world of public speaking? I come from an outgoing family. And it, it's easy for me to be the person. You know that there's, there's always some person at a meeting that when they speak, everyone looks at them and, and they hold everyone's attention the whole time. Those are the people I've studied, but I am one of those people. Often they can't tell you what they do. I do. I've been teaching public speaking by the way, for 25 years. So I really know how to take these complex ideas and make them simply. And as somebody in my class said, oh my God, I didn't look at my phone all afternoon. <laughs> There's a way to do that. It is a learnable skill and it has to do with the writing and the delivery. And I'm going to give a lot of tips about that and also how to lower the speaking fear. The 45 tips are, I'm going to give the top tips today. We don't have enough time for 45 tips. Yeah, that, that'd be, that'd be like an entire season right there. I fall, we went through all 45 tips. I mean, like, honestly, just this is where just go buy the book, but, but, but this is, uh, I think that we're going to be able to talk about a lot of things with public speaking because like I said before, I come from radio. So podcasting for me, it was like, ah, oh, I'd love to have a podcast again. I'd love to have the chance to speak again. Mm -hmm. 
But the way that I feel about public speaking and taking the microphone uh, is probably how a lot of people feel when, you know, like they're, I feel when I go live on video, I get really nervous and I get hot and sweaty whenever I feel about going on video. If I'm on the podcast, though, I feel right at home. So talk to us a little bit about how public speaking and incorporating that into your business strategy might be a smart move. At this point, it's imperative. Look at the people who have videos that aren't even as smart or as capable as the people listening on this, on your, on your podcast. And it's, they, they get a lot of attention because they use videos. So let's maybe address that as something that every entrepreneur and every business owner could use. And that is if you speak well one to one, if you know that you're good in front of a small group, but you're fearful to make a video or to speak to big groups, the trick is this. Just talk to one person forever, because even in a large group, the myth is that, oh, it's a big group. I have to be different. I have to be better. No, really, the whole room is made up of ones. And if you kind of switch your thinking instead of thinking of this big group into, oh, there's a bunch of ones and I know I'm good with one. And maybe on your Zoom next to the camera, draw a picture of one person or when you're speaking in person. Look at one person and just blot out everyone else and have yourself talk be, I know I'm good with one. Let me just do what I always do because I certainly am fabulous with one person. And that's really a shortcut to being able to deliver and transfer your information without as much fear. And it doesn't matter how much fear you have. Your goal is to transfer information. And I mean, that's just like what you said. You have to be, you have to start incorporating public speaking in some regards into your business strategy because it's what for social media. What are you doing in those, those reels you're speaking? That's just how you're going to get people to know, like, and trust you. It's, it's an imperative part of your business. So why do you think that some of the biggest reasons people have a fear of public speaking are? The biggest one, when people call me, it's usually because they have a huge talk coming up or they've just been promoted to a much higher level part of their organization and they have to give more talks. So I want to give you the very biggest thing that people fear, and that is, what if I make a mistake? They'll think I'm not qualified or not capable. But let me tell you, every time I make, I put 30-second videos onto all the social media I probably record each one six, seven times until I finally get one that I want to use. And I am a paid professional speaker. I mean, I'm really like a big expert in the field, but I want to let everyone know that when you're doing these videos, you do them over and over until you get it right. Have some notes. I don't know if you can see me, but you can put some notes on a sticky. And if you're recording on your laptop or on, on a phone, just keep your notes next to you and refer to them. And do it over and over until you get it. So that's the immediate need to put it on social media. But I also want to talk in general about making mistakes. Everyone who's listening, when you're talking to a friend and you say, we're going to meet on Thursday. Oh, no, no. Pardon me. We changed it to Friday. We're meeting on Friday. Or if you say, we're going to meet at 2 o'clock. Uh, no, pardon me. We're going to meet at 2.30. We'll see you at 2.30. When you make mistakes with friends, you simply fix it and you keep speaking. That is exactly what I'd like you to do and what you should do in front of a large group or in front of important people. No one cares. It's exactly the same as with your friends. So when you're rehearsing, which is important to rehearse the opener and close, 
when you're rehearsing and you make a mistake, instead of going, oh, let me start over, which is trying to make it perfect. And public speaking always has mistakes. You're always going to make mistakes. I've even <laughs> made mistakes on some of my videos and left them in. But the point is that when you're rehearsing, you're open it opener in your clothes or when you notice how I just made a mistake and kept talking. That's what I mean. So when you're rehearsing the opener or a part that you're less familiar with, when you make a mistake, practice just fixing it and keeping on, just continuing. And that will completely take away your fear of making mistakes because it's not, oh, if I make a mistake, what should I do? No, it's when I make a mistake, I fix it and continue speaking. And I think that that that's one of the things that's come out of the pandemic in a world of, of TikTok. I mean, TikTok, I think, changed the way that we all are looking at social media now. I remember pre-pandemic, you know, you had to have the branded photography. You had to have the pretty graphics. You had to have the high quality videos. Well, when we were all shut in in our houses and we were still trying to connect with people, we were opened to people's personal lives. We were open to the mistakes and, and, you know, the, the jeans and t-shirt look and everything became more acceptable of, Hey, mistakes happen, whatever. Let's just keep on moving. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think that that was something that we saw come out from the pandemic of just giving people grace as we're, as we start to, uh, watch and, and, and make these, these videos. So with public speaking too, some people, even get nervous on on Zoom. And so I, I, I was talking about public speaking being from the actual stage, you know, like, to, you know, going out and doing TED Talks. But some people can't even, it makes them nervous just to show up for a Zoom call. So talk to us just a little bit about camera confidence or, or just confidence in front of a group, whether it's on a Zoom screen or on a, while you're standing on a stage speaking to an audience of 200 people. But here's the rule, and it might shock everyone. You actually don't have to ever be confident. Let me give you an example. Most people say, you know, when I first start, I'm kind of nervous, but after five minutes, I feel better. You know, once I see that they're into it and I'm into it, and then their confident body language shows up, their voice gets stronger, they look at the camera more, or they look at people more. This is my suggestion. Look at five minute later you. Select, copy, and paste that for when you first begin. So in other words, turn on your body language that looks confident. Look in the, in the camera right away if you're doing a virtual call. Look at people individually as you speak. In other words, act as if you're confident because, look, you know your information. And if you're smart, you've come in with just brief notes. Please don't write out your talk. But if you have an outline notes or mind map for your notes, look down, see what's next, and deliver that the best you can. Just pretend you're talking to the people at work that you like the most, the people that you respect the most. Whatever mindset you need to be able to transfer your information, use that, because people aren't expecting you to give a TED Talk. They just want your content. That's it. And the truth is, if you weren't there giving it, they'd be just as happy if someone else were there. So it's really not about you. They're listening because they want to hear what you have to say. So what are some of the common mistakes that you see a lot of entrepreneurs, small business owners, or people that are new to public speaking? What are some of the mistakes that you see them making when they're using public speaking to promote their business? I would say they put in too much content. 
take one idea and do a very short video on that. That's about as much as people are willing to listen to these days. You Let's just face the facts that people aren't going to listen as long. If you can drive home a point and at the end, don't be all salesy about it. Just say, if you want information, our company credentials are underneath this video or something like that. So mostly, don't be selling. Be giving help and information to people. That's what they want. That's why they'll keep watching you. And after a while, when their time comes that they need you, you'll come to mind instead of the competitors. They won't be doing a big search for someone who can help them. They're familiar with you. That's the big reason that we're doing all of the posts and the videos and all those sort of things. I'm not saying don't do exclusively videos. I'm saying make that a part of it. And I think the myth that people have is that, one, they can just spit it out the first time and it's going to be great. I would say rehearse many times, even before you turn on the camera. The second mistake is that they know what they're going to say, but they don't have notes. They're depending on memory. That's just silly. And I would say this is the third thing that would be a really great help for anyone, either recording or speaking at meetings, is every small meeting that you have, come in with outline notes or whatever notes work with you, work for you best. Pretend that is a big talk. Even though it's just a little talk, even though you're explaining things over lunch to people, pretend it's a big talk. So you desensitize yourself from this, oh my gosh, this one's important. This one's bigger than any other. And this way you practice your skills so that when there is a big one, there's not quite as much anxiety. And the big thing is to learn how to write, how to have a good opener, how to, I would say, anticipate questions, anticipate the answers too. The Creator Economy Expo CEX 2023 is back. It's for content creators and entrepreneurs that are interested in building and growing their content first businesses without relying on social platforms. Join over 500 bloggers, podcasters, authors. It is the event for learning and networking for content creators. It's this May 1st through 3rd, 2023 in Cleveland, Ohio, And there's going to be 10 amazing keynote speakers, over 30 in-depth breakout sessions. Some of the speakers that are going to be there are Anne Hanley, Jay Klaus, Wave Wild, Brian Fanzo. It is going to be the event. And as a special offer, you can get $100 off using my coupon code, Katie100. So head over to cex.events to register today. Katie100, save that 100 bucks. And we'll see you at CEX. You know, you you said write a good open. And one of the things that I found through doing a lot more speaking over the past few years is the role of storytelling when you are when you're a public speaker. So can you just discuss the role of storytelling for uh, for a public speaker and how entrepreneurs should make sure to be utilizing this for for when they start using more public speaking as part of their business strategy? One of my clients said when I said storytelling and and she said, where do you get the stories? I said, well, tell me th- sometime when you help somebody. Tell me when there was a problem that you helped them overcome. Tell me when you had a project. And they always have stories, but we don't realize those are the stories. And the thing is, you could teach the same thing, but people are much more interested when they hear it in the form of an example of someone you worked with before or a situation that you were into. And the reason why they listen more is completely because of how our brains are formed. 
you know, we humans are, we've been on Earth a long time. Our most primitive brain is still inside our heads and it's still operating a lot. The first thing that we did, our caveman ancestors, where they sat around talking to each other, telling stories. The moment you tell a story, people are re-interested in you. You know, people's minds wander. But as soon as you say, when I had my, on my first job, right away they're interested. Or we had a client who had a similar problem to what you're saying. But the thing is, don't make it up as you're speaking in front of people. Prepare. And here's, I would say, an undervalued thing. And that is, to rehearse. I know that when I rehearse new material, I have a new outline and some new material. The first time I rehearse it, I'm terrible. And so are all professional speakers. I stink. And I know, though, that the fifth or eighth time I rehearse it, I'm going to be pretty good. And I'm going to show the audience the sixth or seventh or eighth time. But people who are afraid of public speaking don't know that. They rehearse the first time. They're also terrible. And they throw up their hands and go, I can't do this. And they stop rehearsing. So the first time they give their talk is in front of the real people. And sure enough, they are not good. So I would say, I don't love to rehearse. But my motivation is, hmm, how bad do I not want to be? And that gets me to rehearse. And you don't have to rehearse <laughs> the whole thing. Just rehearse the opener and close. Do five-minute rehearsals. Carry your notes with you in your car so that when you're in a traffic jam, you can practice your talk. <laughs> so when you keep saying your talk, if someone is looking to start utilizing public speaking, doing keynotes, getting out there and sharing their message, if they're an author and they want to start promoting their book, anything like that, mm -hmm. how many talks would you recommend that someone has? I mean, you can always tailor them a little bit depending on what the you know, the event is, who that you're talking to, but how many like pocket, you know, talks would you recommend that somebody has in their pocket ready to pitch at any time? You're, are you asking about people who want to become professional speakers, making their money from speaking on stages and doing that sort of thing? Um, I'm th thinking of it as more of a marketing tool. So, ah. you know, if somebody wants to start using public speaking for networking, marketing to, so people are aware of their business and they go to an event and, and speak there for, for free, but they're going there to, to use it as that marketing tool for more awareness. I would say, take a look at, again, maybe three things. People aren't going to take home more than three good ideas. Take three good ideas. First, analyze the group. Okay, these are accounting people. What would be their biggest concern that my service or product could help with? And then only talk about those top three. If it's marketing people, if it's college kids just graduating, whoever the audience is, think of what is it that I know that would be most helpful to them. Those are your three points. So it's not necessarily a canned speech. Probably a lot of those are going to overlap. And then give the talk often enough in rehearsal. I speak for free when I'm working on new material. And I say to them, hey, I'll do a lunchtime talk for you for free if, if you will fill out the feedback form at the end. And that's how I improve my talks. Also, record yourself every time you speak. Just get a small tripod, set up your phone, press, <laughs> press record, or someone will record for you. Don't listen, don't watch it necessarily that day or the next day, but wait a couple of days and then you'll be a little more objective. When I watch myself the day after, I see things I like. 
and I see some things I could I could improve on. But when I wait one month and watch it again, I see a lot more things that I like. We humans are really wacky in that we like to be really hard on ourselves. But one other little tip about rehearsing and giving it over and over, besides tailoring it to the people, delivering it so your only thought is, I'm only here to help them. Because if you give them enough help, you don't have to do a sales job. They will rush the stage and come to you. (laughs) But one last thing is if someone does want to be a keynote speaker and make money, we used to say when I belonged to a professional organization for people who are professional speakers, when someone would come in, we would say, work up a talk and give it for free a hundred times. And toward the end, as it really gets better, people are going to say, oh, how much do you charge for this? And that's when you know. You're a professional speaker. Yeah, that that actually was going to be my my next question as to when do you know when it's time to move into paid only or or, or mostly paid? And how do you even know where to start with with what to charge? Mm-hmm. Start off with, with with people discovering you like that. I gave a big talk for the the state of uh, where I live, and it was the whole um, health department. It was like six or eight hundred people. When I was finished, somebody came up to me and said, oh, would you talk at our organization too? And then I said, oh, that's great. And when we went back and forth, and I first make sure when I'm on that kind of a call that I'm a fit for them. And then Mm -hmm. I kind of play around and say, have you had other outside speakers like me? Because organizations who only have internal speakers, they only have the people from corporate come and speak. Mm-hmm. They're not used to paying you and you're not going to make hard. They might make, give you a hundred dollar yeah. honorarium or something. But in the beginning, take anything because what you want is to one, be able to have the self confidence, like, look at me, I'm a paid speaker. Two, when you record it, then you have little bits and pieces that you can share on, to- on social media. And three, you can say, I spoke at this organization. No one needs to know that they paid you $100 and not 10000 Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And I mean, like, it, it'll help. I mean, all of that will look as like badges of, you know, proof. Yeah, I spoke here. I spoke there. So many great tips. I, I, I have another one more question for you on... Sure. On speaking to these these corporate events or or even I mean just speaking in general, when you're getting started, what are some practical tips for people that are newer to public speaking? What are some practical tips for them for, to make sure that they leave a lasting impression hmm. and that they're going to to end up building a network through through using public speaking as that marketing tool? Well, of course, anyone who's done any social networking knows that when people click through, you want to capture their emails. So that's the digital way of capturing things. When I would speak in person, when I was a keynote speaker on stages myself, before I realized, wait a second, I can make anyone in this room a keynote speaker. That's my special skill set. But what I used to do is in their handout, the last page would be a tear off. And that would be, would you like to hear more about it? Would you like to be on her emailing list? So it was just a handheld thing. Nowadays, I would say, if you want to be connected, text me this number. Or maybe in my speech, I would leave it up as part Mm -hmm. of the screen toward the end. But the main thing is you don't want to be salesy. You want to really just give them so much valuable information that they go, whoa, this is someone I want to know and be in touch with. 
You can't, mm-hmm. you can't slide by. You have to really come up with something that's helpful. And the big way to do that is to ask the person who's invited you to speak, who am I speaking to? How much experience do they have? What is it that are their biggest problems? I even say, why don't you do a survey and here are the eight things I could speak about. Ask them to put that in the order that they'd prefer. In other words, there's a lot of work up front. You don't make a lot of money as a professional speaker unless you do the work ahead of time. And that is to work on a great talk, to make it really tight, to have the stories and examples and the quotations and all the extra stuff. I have a whole lot of, in fact, the truth is, I've taken my 30 years of teaching and it dawned on me, wait a second, the biggest fear is public speaking. I fixed that. I trained TED Talk speakers. I've been completely not covering over and not teaching how to accept fear, but eliminating it. I use cognitive therapy. And I wrote the book, Mr. Bear Speaks Without Fear, in such a simple way that anyone who follows you know, what Mr. Bear did, I had to write it in a non-threatening way for people who are afraid of public speaking. They can be public speaking. They can be excellent at public speaking, and mostly they can get rid of the fear. I would say if you want to be successful at speaking, practice makes better. And the various ideas that I've given in this talk, in in talking to you, all work. Find one. Don't do all of them. Find one or two that you like and do them for a month. And then you can re-listen to this because, as you know, Katie's stuff is always available and always wonderful. (laughs) Listen to it again and then pick something else and try that for a month. This is a learnable skill. Anyone can be a good speaker. And if you've envied people and have always thought, yeah, but I'm afraid of public speaking. That's just who I am. That is not true. That's a myth that you're stuck with it. Anyone can learn to be an excellent speaker and anyone can learn to speak without fear. (laughs) That is, I know that I... In all my experience, what I can say is true is that anyone can learn to do this. It's true. Yeah. And I, um, yeah, I, I mean, like, I think that, that you led me right into wanting to talk more about the book. But I mean, you think that that really is the, the biggest reason why more people don't speak is just the, the, the confidence. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's all up in their heads. <laughs> sure it's just in do. their head saying that, oh, you can't, you can't do this. And, I mean, like, and I'm assuming that that in the book, that's what you talk about, right? Is is how to get out in the right mindset and and doing these different tactics that we've only just even not even I'm sure covered the the, the tip of the iceberg here with all of of your tips and in, in the book. But I think that just the 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 head the the mindset that really is probably a, a huge part of getting out of your own way so well, that you can utilize speaking. Yes. But it's not positive affirmations. It really is figuring out what part of my thinking is scrambled that is making me have this fear. Because it doesn't make, if if anyone who's listening, here's the criterion, if you're going to get enormous value from from any book that you read, especially (laughs) mine. And that is, if you think to yourself, how is it that I'm so good speaking to one person or a small group? And I'm, I'm an excellent doing that. If you can do that, you can learn to speak to a big group because it's only you have some wiring in your brain that's goofy and that gets fixed. It's really taking it out and examining it and seeing, wait a second. Like, for example, early on, I had someone in my class, this is the years ago when I used to do seminars in this, who said, you know, when I was 21 years old uh, on this new job, this man was so awful. He just took advantage of the new people and 
when I spoke, I was standing and I was just humiliated in front of the group. And, oh, I just fear that every time. I, but she was now 35 years old. <laughs> so I said, to, I said to her, well, just imagine if that same person came to a meeting that you're in now and did the same thing to you, what would you do? Oh, well, if that happened now. And she said, this is what she would say. This is what she would do. And I said, so really, do we need to fear that person now? And it dawned on her. Oh, my heavens, I'm playing this old, this old picture, this old story that doesn't match who I am today. That's part of it. And that's mm -hmm. part of fixing the wiring. Her wiring was that that could happen anytime and I will be humiliated at any time. And when I brought her up to date, like, is that who you are today? Oh, she could just let go of that old story and put in the new story, which is, I don't care who comes at me. I'm a capable person. And I know the answers. And if I don't, I'll say, I'll get that for you. So I would say that it, yeah, it takes some work to fix it, but it's not just thinking positive. You have, I, I don't want to be. We always need to be working yeah. on their, ourselves. <laughs> we always the, need to be. That's that's the punch. But, and, and I mean, like, and, yeah, and we always need to be working on ourselves. Your book has 45 different tips on how you can level up to start using public speaking for your business and, and be a better public speaker. Uh, where can we get your book? Tell us a little bit more about it. And uh, you, I mean, you touched on it briefly, but where can we get your book? You can get the book on Amazon, but I want to tell you that the book is really for two different people. I mean, I attract attention because it's Mr. Bear Speaks Without Fear, How to Speak with Authority and Confidence. But I've also written everything I teach the TED Talk speakers. There's a way to capture attention and hold attention. And I've written every single part of that in the book because people who are afraid of speaking usually haven't taken a public speaking class. They don't know how to organize their thoughts. They certainly usually don't know how to edit so that they ramble on and on and, and they just think, oh, everything's equally important. So there's a whole section on how to edit and be concise. And there's a whole section on how to write really great openers and closers. There's a section on how to use your body language because that can influence people positively or negatively unconsciously, but you have to be conscious of what you're doing. There's all the subtleties. I held nothing back. This is my final book. I'm not writing anymore <laughs> after this. So I really gave it all away. And it's really how I, to be. So people who are good speakers who want to be great, this will do it for you. I love it. And, and the title of the book again is Mr. Bear Speaks Without Fear. Be sure to grab it. Have it over to Amazon and connect with Risa. Uh, where, what's the best way for people to connect with you online? I'm all over. If you might, my, my, if you just go, go on LinkedIn and the trick is to remember my name, which is if you can, my mother would hate this, but if you can imagine a wolf eating a Reese's peanut butter cup, my name is Risa Wolf, but just double the <laughs> middle vowels. So it's Risa with two E's, wolf with two O's, but if you type anything similar to that, you'll find me. <laughs> and we'll be sure to include a link to your LinkedIn and a link to purchase your book in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. Thank Risa, thank you again so much for coming on to Rocky Mountain Marketing today. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. And we'll see you in the next episode. 
Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. Make sure to subscribe so that you can continue navigating the world of entrepreneurship. And I'd love to hear from you. Please leave the show a review and connect with me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Katie Brinkley or connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you're ready to start making some sales on social media, be sure to grab my free guide to selling in the DMs without being spammy. You can get that at katiebrinkley.com. Let's keep taking your marketing to all new heights.